Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Spawn of Azathoth. It was written by Doc Herber, and our game master is John Cook. This is episode three. Our recap will be given by David Gasway as his character, Myron Dexter. So without any further delays, let's begin our journey into the darkness. David? It checked uh, ejection, Einhoven Eyefield. No, there is no Eyebon in the Britannica. It's been uh, only a few days since the apparition in my bedroom of my former professor, Philip Baxter, seeming to implore me while I sat in bed mute and paralyzed with horror. At that point, I did not know that, in fact, Baxter was dead, but it is the case. Oh, we've since buried the man, uh, apparently um, in a condition unfit to be viewed because of something that may or may not have gone awry at the funeral home. Or it may have been to do with the substance he had been imbibing. Philip Baxter's brother, Julian, has also now implored our help. Uh, in his case, it's because he feels a tremendous shattering guilt about the fact that he may have been responsible for his brother's death. Julian was treating Philip's sleeplessness with a draft of some kind that he read of in this strange tome, The Book of Ibon. That is now in my possession and 10 bottles of the elixir, which caused Philip strange dreams, strange enough that he wrote a group of strangers into his will to ask us to discover what was happening to him and his dreams and uh, what lies beyond the distant forest he visited there in his fevered imagination, which may be how he came to see me shortly after he died. At any rate, our unusual group of fellows, not all of us friendly, have been in, uh, requested to solve the mystery of Philip Baxter's passing and the other world which he visited. Uh, we shall do that. We have not yet decided. Gentlemen. Excellent. Before we bring the camera to join Cornelius, Zebedee, and Frederick as they go uh, to uh, to visit the uh, the former home of uh, uh, Philip Baxter, I want to stay a moment with uh, Myron and uh, uh, Doctor Zeno as they have collected with his good wishes, the uh, Book of Ibon and the 10 bottles of uh, the sleeping drop uh, that he's created. And uh, as you're heading for the door, uh, Myron, you feel a, a heavy hand uh, pressing ever gently on your shoulder. And uh, as you turn, you see the giant uh, that is Matthew uh, mutely standing there looking at you. Uh, each of you may make a psychology roll. 
I got an 18 out of 35, which is one point away from a hard. All right. And I got an 11 out of 50, which is one point away from an extreme. We are savvy. You are quite savvy. You can see and you sense in the, the look on his face, in, in his eyes, the way his, his brow is, uh, is soft and, uh, and just you can see that there's uh, great caring in Matthew's face and um, mutely he seems to be conveying that um, uh, a great responsibility has been transferred into your care. Um, and it just takes that moment where he caught your attention with the hand and, and you can feel that Matthew is, uh, there's, um, steel cables under that flesh. This guy is, he's, he exudes power. Um, but, uh, he just ever so gently, uh, got your attention, both of you, and then just conveyed this sense of, of uh, almost gratitude. And then, you know, there's, there's been a passing of the torch and, and, um, and, and with that look, you know, you can tell that he's hoping that, that, that you will take it and, and, and carry it, you know, with uh, care and use it with care. After that, after that moment, he, uh, he takes his hand away and shuffles backwards and then kind of looks at his feet and then looks to uh, Father Baxter and then goes to him to start caring for his needs as you guys are now going to uh, exit his, uh, his room. What do you think that was all about? Uh, I, it seems like the bond between them is exceptionally strong. Hmm. Um, and now we have, to an extent, Julian and Philip's lives in our hands or their fates of some sort. I don't know if we don't, if we can't relieve Julian's conscience soon, I think it'll be the end of him. Now, if you don't mind, when we get back, I would like very much to go over that book. Um, I have some working knowledge of dream lore and and I'd be very interested in seeing this book if that's what it has to do with. We might also consider some experiments with the, uh, the liquid. Oh, yes, I, I'm not sure what sort of experiments are in order. Uh, we ought to get at least one of the bottles to a chemist for it to be analyzed, I should think. That might take a while. I'm, no. I would be willing to test it on myself. Under observation, of course. Well, we should discuss it with the others. We have a shared responsibility, but I suppose someone has to taste it. Yes, and I mean now, but later perhaps. Uh, trouble sleeping? No, not really, but just a great deal of curiosity. Um, multiple cultures around the world believe that dreams lead somewhere, that there are, you know, dreams that rest on the surface and dreams that dive down much deeper, and that somewhere down there, there is perhaps the collective consciousness of the human mind. 
um, ways to right. tap into it. Buddhist monks study for years and, uh, and uh, African tribesmen do the same. Yeah, so it also seems to destroy Philip Baxter rather quickly. So we'll uh, take it with care. Well, if it's if those two things are related, of course, they might not be at all. There seem to be a few shady people in this family. It could have been murder. I think with that, we'll pull that scene to a close. <clears throat> and as we bring the camera in, uh, who's driving? Uh, or did you take public transit of some sort? Who's driving to uh, Baxter's home, which is now the home of Mrs. Angela uh, Vincenzo? Oh, I'll, I'll happily drive. I'm quite an accomplished driver. Not so I'll be happy with Cornelius driving. Yeah, as someone who does not have a vehicle in uh, Providence. Yeah. Oh, Excellent. Right. Right. Yeah, you're visiting from Miss Katonic. All right, just give me a moment to get this thing started here. Don't worry, take your time, Cornelius. <laughs> All right. We'll be there in a jiffy. Oh, that new shipment came in last night uh, there, Zebedee. I, I think there's even uh, the latest translation of, um, of uh, the histories by Herodotus right up your alley. Well, make sure you uh, put that aside for me, Cornelius, and I will collect it when I can. Well, I already have. Uh, uh, you know you know me too well, Cornelius. Oh, here, hold my cocktail while I'm driving. I don't want to... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, I've got it. Don't worry. Okay, you guys pull up in front of the house, and uh, it uh, looks exactly as you remember it from before. So, I suppose we could uh, somberly ask just to review. What do you think? I think, Professor Frederick, you you have the most respected demeanor here, and maybe you should. Yeah, I think uh, I'll 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 lead, and as long as nobody mentions any notes about missing bodies i think we'll be okay oh come well, now <laughs> a little rash there don't worry, don't worry we'll be we'll be fine we'll just stand behind you and let you do the talking it will be okay all right so i'll i'll go and knock okay uh you knock on the door and uh angela answers and she says oh tears so very good to see you. Oh, it's uh, it's good good to see you too. How, how have you been holding up since the uh, the funeral? Oh, you know, as as well as one can be expected. Oh, but where are my manners? Please come in, come in. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Angela. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, um, Angela. Um, as you're aware, uh, we were given a package by uh, by Philip uh, in his will, and we're uh, well, we're, we're rather uh, perplexed by it. Uh, and if uh, if you would not mind, we would hate to intrude uh, on your home. But uh, 
if you would allow us, we'd love to take a, a look around his study. Uh, he talked a lot about dreams, and I'm just curious what uh, what he's been reading, or if you left any journals or anything per pertaining to it. It would help us a great deal with what we've been charged with uh, in his will. Oh, please, certainly. Uh, it's very nice to have uh, company in the house. Uh, it does get so lonely here sometimes please do come in come in come in may i fix you uh, fix any uh, tea or coffee i could put a kettle on oh a cup of tea would be delightful thank you oh, of yes. course dear of course thank of you tea. definitely excellent and for you and and um uh is it safe to assume i, I guess i could look at the character sheet um real quick here oh okay all right oh zebedee okay uh, Zebedee, uh, as the youngest of the trio, um, she she does come and give you a nice little squeeze on the cheek. Oh, you're so sweet, dear. I'll get you a cup of tea. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cornelius, I'm so. Uh, help me. <laughs> so if you if you two want to start uh, in, in the study, if, if you don't mind, I'll I'll help you, Angela, with the, with the tea if you. Oh, thank you, dear. I could very much use your help. Thank you so much. Okay, so, come along, Cornelius. Certainly, thank you. All right. So the the study, uh, as I as described before, um, the, the house is a two story home. It, there is a basement uh, as well, um, and uh, the study is at on the ground floor, back side of the house. It overlooks into the backyard. Um, and, uh, so yeah, Zebedee and Cornelius, you guys can go in there and it's a, it's a pretty well laid out, uh, study and, uh, Angela, um, uh, goes into the kitchen, which is also towards the back of the house. Um, but it's on the, it's on the left side, whereas the study's on the right hand side. Um, and, uh, Frederick, you're going with her in there. Yes. Yes. Uh, who wants to start? Do we start with Cornelius and Zebedee, or do we start with Frederick? Um, well, if I'll, I mean, I'll keep going right. here. Uh, so well, well, I'm helping get things out. Um, yeah. So you come into the kitchen. There's a the uh, now there is a a dining room uh, over by the uh, living room, but inside the kitchen is a very small, uh, like little breakfast table um and it's very small around has two little chairs next to it and then the kitchen is fairly well appointed uh and you can see there's a, a little uh, there's another doorway um out of the kitchen that goes into like it's basically like a butler's pantry kind of area and then you can also see um a stairwell that goes down into the basement over just just right there okay um so as you come into the kitchen um, and, uh, and she, uh, goes over to the stove and, and clicks it on, gets the fire lit there, um, on the small little breakfast table is a, uh, a crate, uh, kind of a dirty, you know, crate, right? Wooden crate, uh, reinforced and everything. And it's, it's open, right? There's no, the, it doesn't have a hinge lid. It, it had a, you know, lid that was nailed to it and that has been removed so it's open and you can see like straw and something you know brown in there and uh and so she as she gets the the stove lit uh she comes over to you 
uh, Frederick and she says, oh, dear, may I be a bother and, and ask, I just, it's too difficult for me to do. Would you be able to take this crate into the basement for me, please? Oh, oh, most certainly. Uh, not, not a bother at all. I mean, I'm uh, happy to help. Oh, you're such a dear. Thank you so much. And she gives you a little squeeze on the cheek too. Thank you. And uh, and so yeah, um, the the stairs are just you know right through the next door where the butler pantry is and everything. Okay, so all all t- how heavy is it? Is that my? I, I mean, it's not. You know, you can carry it. You know, it's fine. You know, we don't have to do any die rolls or anything but you can see it's it's awkward you know so it's got straw and you know straw on the inside and you see coconuts there's there's several coconuts inside this thing and kind of clacking around as you as you pick it up oh a fresh uh, some fresh coconuts eh <laughs> uh, fresh as they can be i suppose uh um cynthia uh, sent those from the Adman Islands. Isn't that interesting? And she points at a white label that's plastered on one side of the box. And you can see that it uh, has a, uh, you know, there's international stamping and, and, and you know, postage had been paid and everything on it uh, from the Adaman Islands. Um, and you can see that a Cynthia Baxter uh, sent this package. And, uh, and um, so Angela says that uh, yes, uh, this uh, this came not uh, not too long ago, but uh, Cynthia sent this for her father. What a dear! What a dear! Oh, is there is there somewhere I, I should be aware of to look for downstairs to put this, or just anywhere out of the way? I I don't think I will be uh, having any of the coconuts and. Um, well, now that uh, uh, poor Mr. Baxter is, has, has passed on, um, yes, I, I just I don't have the heart to, to dispose of them, but um, just take them down to the basement. Well, most, most certainly. So, so I will do so. Um, uh, yeah. Is so down down here in the basement. Is it all? Is it just like stored furniture down here? Is it like living quarters? Um, yeah. Like- so the basement uh, is not finished uh, per se. So it, it does have a concrete floor, and you can see that it has stone block walls. So it's not like it's cut into the earth or anything. You know, it's it's been you know it's got a constructed uh, uh, basement there's no raw earth right i mean they they obviously cut into the earth um but yeah it's not finished for any kind of uh living space or anything like that so there's just uh you know the accumulation of decades of junk have made it down here um you know there's an area that seems to clearly have um uh the forgotten toys of children um, there's an area that seems to be, you know, boxes and boxes of, uh, probably, uh, decades of academia, you know, uh, that's been collected and, and, and done with, uh, and then in one, uh, back corner area, um, 
is the uh, boiler and you can see that you know like uh, 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 heating oil and stuff like that or you know there's containers for that over there Okay. But yeah, so pretty much, you know, uh, light bulbs dangling from a single cord, you know, with the drawstring to turn on the lights, you know, so you got to come down in the dark and then, you know, give yourself illumination after you get down there. Okay. And so everything has a pretty like fine layer of dust on it. Yeah. I mean, uh, she doesn't make it down here often to, to tidy up and clean. Uh, uh, but it doesn't look as if it's been forgotten for uh, decades. I mean, somebody probably comes down here maybe once or twice a month, you know? Okay. And so I guess the, uh, guess the real question is, is there anything that looks like it's been recently brought down besides the crate that I'm holding right now? Anything that doesn't have as much, like it doesn't have dust on it or just a little bit like kind of closer towards the front of the junk piles, just things that would indicate that it's was brought down. Yeah, nothing recently. stands out to you. Okay. Nothing stands out to you. Uh, and there's, you know, tables and stuff down here. So there's a place for you to just put this okay, box so I'll, on ah, a table. Yeah, awkwardly indecision and set it somewhere. Here. We'll put it here. Um, you can give me a spot hidden. Ooh, a 37. That's a pass. Okay. Uh, so when you set the box of coconuts down, um, uh, the coconuts shift and, um, you see something, uh, gray, something kind of cylindrical and gray, but it's, it's obstructed. Uh, you just barely got a glimpse of it. There's uh, there's, um, a pretty thick packed layer of, of, um, straw and stuff you know try and um uh you know keep the coconuts from clacking around too much okay well i'll i'll start i was curious about this so i'll start kind of taking coconuts out and kind of sifting through the straw to try to find what it was that i saw okay yeah you uh you get the coconuts out and you start sifting through the straw and then as you kind of start parting the straw um, you find that the the gray cylindrical thing that you found is is actually a tail, and you have discovered two desiccated rats at the bottom of this crate. Ooh. I'll 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 take a sand roll for that. That's uh, oof, that's lovely. Forty four is a pass on the sand. Okay, that's a zero. You're fine. Okay. Oh, just a bit of the heebie-jeebies, but nothing too terrible. So oh, I'm going to uh, move the camera. <laughs> yep. I'm going to move the camera. And uh, we join Zebedee and Cornelius as they uh, enter the study. There is a roll-top desk. Um, uh, one wall is uh, dominated with a bookcase that seems to be um, uh, straining to contain everything that it holds. Um, there's a there's a closet in this room. There's you know some low tables. There's a there's a globe on a stand and um, yeah, I mean it, it looks like a like a professor's home office. Oh. 
head over to uh, to the roll top desk and uh, sit down and then start looking through the drawers and what's underneath the roll top and I'll check for shows and whatever and just I'll just check whatever Cornelius isn't checking at the minute so I'll just okay methodically work my way around um each of you may please give me a spot hidden Gracious. Well, that is one off an extreme, so a hard pass. <laughs> Cornelius? Oh, gosh, this is two nights in a row of this here. Uh, no, I, I got an 88 out of 80. Okay. And it's, You're gonna... I'm not going to spend luck. That's, that's <laughs> eight points of luck. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, I've got a better idea. Um, I'm going to check under the the desks on under on the underside I, i'm gonna try to push this i i'm like just frustrated at this there's got to be something here this it wouldn't okay. make sense so i'll like crawl under the desk and look see if there's maybe something i'm missing all right go ahead uh, push that roll oh there we go extreme 11 nice okay all right so you were both successful it sounds like uh, okay, so there's a there's a few things you guys uh, come across in here. So I have several things to share here. Um, let me. Ah, okay. Um, all right, so. Um, Take a look at this real quick. Uh, all right, so Zebdi. Yes. Um, you you discover a uh, a correspondence. You discover a letter that. Uh, seems to have been authored by Cynthia Baxter. Andaman Islands, September the 8th, 1918. Dearest father, I am writing this letter to let you know that I am safe and sound and all is well. I am sure that this letter from Commissioner Talbot was upsetting, but he did not completely understand the situation. Although my abductors were extremely primitive, intriguing, even more so than my... uh, what the hell does that say? Flock. Flock, very good. I never left in danger at any time. I was able to converse with them in a language similar to the one I already know and stayed with them for four days before returning to the mission. Hmm. It was during this time that Commissioner Talbot wrote about the incident. Have no fear, I was allowed to leave unharmed and have even been promised by some of them that they will occasionally stay in touch. By visiting the mission, your lovely, your loving daughter, Cynthia. Interesting. Abducted. My goodness. Very interesting. Never yeah. even heard. You would have figured that. 
Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Zebedee, you discovered that uh, letter. And uh, Cornelius, um, you, uh, as you were starting to kind of get under the desk to, to find things, your hand uh, pulled a few papers off the top of the desk. And so uh, you were like, oh, I'm such a klutz. And so as you're picking up these uh, papers and, and little notebooks and stuff, uh, a couple of them are like these really thin little, little uh, booklets. And, uh, and um, uh, these booklets uh, seem to have been uh, authored by Silas Patterson. Uh, and so as you flip through uh, these booklets, a couple of different uh, passages uh, stand out to you. Well, get a load of this, Zeb. What have you found? Hmm. <clears throat> Almost all of the tribes indigenous to the Southeast India display remnants of the ritual cannibalism that seems to be a common factor in all the cultures examined so far. Most of these take the form of symbolic acts upon the death of a friend or family member. On occasion, the ritual is actually performed, the body of a monkey or an ape substituted for that of the human. Of particular interest is the brain-eating custom often encountered among the primitives. This is accomplished by piercing a hole or simply slicing uh, off the top of the skull of the monkey. The feaster then eats the still warm brain directly from the skull. Certain tribes perform this ceremony with a live animal. One elderly native told me that he had often seen apes kill other smaller monkeys feasting upon their brains in a similar manner. Silas Patterson, Beliefs of Primitive East Indians, 1925. Interesting. It goes on. Besides mythological concepts, many other similarities may be drawn between uh, uh, the Negroes of Asia and the Aborigines of Australia. Additionally, certain parallels can be seen among the tribes to the West already discussed in my previous book, Beliefs of Primitive East Indians. In particular, many of the tribes indulge in the eating of monkey brains. A legendary tribe known as the uh, Chaucha or Jocha has also been described to me as possessing racial similarities to the Negritos. And this tribe is universally reviled for their episodic rites of cannibalism. Silas Patterson, Primitive Belief in Southeast Asia, 1925. Very intriguing. Yes, yes, very, very interesting. Um, and then the other thing that seems to have caught your attention uh, that pulled off from the desk as your hand slid uh, several items is, um, uh, well, you recognize it almost immediately. It's uh, it's a meeting minutes uh, from the Tuesday Night Academy, January twelfth, nineteen seventeen. Resolved this evening by all present that the aforesaid members from this day on shall be considered one and the same with the Tuesday Night Academy, sworn to meet with each other the first and third Tuesday of every month until an individual sh shall see fit to discontinue the practice. June 11th, 1920, 
A prospective new member, Silas Patterson, attended the meeting this evening. A well-known anthropologist, Mr. Patterson proved an amiable quest, uh, uh, and it was decided by the end of the evening to permit his membership. He was quite pleased to be invited and thrilled with us uh, with many exciting stories from the field until well after midnight. <clears throat> August 30th, 1922, the Academy was graced by the presence of a very special guest, Professor Dmitry Pasilov, formerly of Moscow and a well-known astronomical theorist. Pasilov, unable to return to his home country, is thinking of settling in Providence. He proved to be quite a friendly, fascinating individual. The Academy voted to invite him to join the group as a welcome source of knowledge and inspiration. December 14th, 1922. We enjoyed the presence of a surprise guest tonight, a Mr. Vasily Kalietka, freshly arrived from Moscow. Apparently, Kalietka was a friend of Pasilov's family prior to the revolution. Kalietka uh, brought with him certain documents. Although Dmitri, the only member competent to read the documents, was unclear on the details, the papers seemed to discuss the discovery or possible discovery of a large heavenly body previously unknown. Both Dmitri and Wilson are studying the papers and Wilson has promised to make a translation so that the rest of us may read for ourselves what is written. Oh, April 12th, 1923. So far, the Academy has supported Dmitri's efforts to show to the world what he's found. Though baffled by certain things mentioned in the Russian papers, I still feel that Dmitri is onto something. Tonight, he invited a Mr. Byron Slim from New York City. It seems that Mr. Slim runs a business called the Lock or Look to the Future Society, a sort of success school or training facility for business. Though Dmitri had hoped to in, uh, interest Slim in investing uh, in the observatory, it seems Slim was more interested in gathering new recruits for his society. He felt that the society might be able to help us more than we could imagine. But of course, the fees were high. The Academy was unswayed by Slim's arguments. And I, for one, was repulsed by the man. After Slim had taken his leave, Dmitri was reproached by the members of the Academy who asked that in the future, he be more careful of whom he invited to the meetings. Dmitri apologized and said it was only his earnest desire to begin construction of the observatory that had caused him to consider Slim a potential supporter. And lastly, October 29th, 1924, it was voted tonight by the members of the Tuesday Night Academy to begin the financing and construction of an experimental astronomical observatory in Montana. It was further decided that each member would seed the fund with a donation of $2,000. Other investors, promised by Dimitri, are added to the fund later. Land for the observatory already has been purchased by Dimitri using monies provided by patrons mentioned previously. Dmitri has explained that due to his uh, precarious public position, our benefactors have asked to remain anonymous. 
oh, this is right up Professor Long's uh, that's, cup of tea. This is his jam. That's very, uh, it's very unusual. It's, that look to the future, it's almost. That slip. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, Zebedee, you have found another letter uh, right next to Cynthia's letter. Oh, look at Cornelius. Yes. Sorry to sorry to intrude. I, I seemingly have found another letter. Um, oh, my. Yeah, St. Augustine, Florida, October 19th, 1925. Dear Dad, I know we've had our differences in the past, and I know that I haven't had much contact with you since... I got out of the service, but I need some help. I hope you won't refuse. I think I found a business that I would be good at and have a partner who is able to organize and run it. Using some of the things I learned in the merchant marine, I think the two of us could open a marine salvage business that will make us some good money. There are a lot of shipwrecks in this area, and I think the insurance companies could provide us with a way to get rich quick. There are also supposed to be a lot of older wrecked treasure ships from Spain to be found. Dad, hmm. what I need is $5,000 right away to help make a down payment on an old ship that we found for sale. Please think about it and let me know soon. Love. I cannot see that name. Colin. <laughs> is it Colin? <laughs> Colin? Colin. Interesting. Very interesting. So found many clues. I wonder if... Uh... If Dr. Saladin has any familiarity with Slim's organization in New York, that sounds like something that might be up his alley. Yeah, we, so. we must tell the others of these things. Should we, should we ask Angela to take these for, for further study just so we could share them with? Yes, yes, maybe, uh, yes, yes, we definitely should. We can't just go stealing them. That would exactly. be- Exactly. Uh, Ungodly thought. Jeez, we're not monsters, Cornelius. Certainly we not. We left. We left that. We left that after the war. Left and my war. finger. And your finger, of course. I still keep it in a jar. No, I don't know it. <laughs> uh, by this time, Frederick has uh, returned upstairs. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to want to uh, hold on to that crate of coconuts. Uh, you might want to throw it out. Oh. There was some uh, some rats decided to come along for the uh, the trip overseas and have perished on their journey. Oh. Oh my. Oh, thank you. Yes. I, when uh, just leave it for now on 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 uh, um, on Emmett's next visit, I'll have him take it out. Thank you so much. And so, and going to like, um, I can, uh, seeing things in cupboards and things, I'll get like things down for, for tea, like the cups and the, okay. and the tea yep. pot. And I'll she start, greatly start, appreciates start, that. I'll start gathering things and uh, I'll just ask, um, Angela has, um, many of my associates asked you about a, a sleeping medication that Baxter was taking. I believe someone, I 
apologize. I'm so terrible with names, but I believe someone did ask me about that. And uh, yes, I I think uh, uh, Philip did have uh, a difficulty uh, sleeping, and so I think on occasion he would take uh, a little a little nip of something to help him sleep. Oh, I'm just uh, just wondering if uh, is there any of that uh, still around so we can have a look at once again. Uh, very very strange to be charged in a will mm. to look into somebody's dreaming but mm. uh, he was a friend and i intend to fulfill my obligations so uh yes dear oh thank you i i i you know i don't recall i uh, to be fair i i just i haven't had the heart to go into philip's room you're welcome to go check if you'd like oh i would well thank you so much i i I greatly appreciate that. Um, but here, let me, I'll, I'll be finished with this here. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Oh, thank you, dear. Um, I can get this. You, you can uh, go and take care of uh, whatever business you need to. Um, Philip's door is the first one on the left at the top of the stairs. Oh, well, thank you. And I will, I will go upstairs. Okay. Yeah, you head upstairs, um, and uh, when the stairs, you know, the stairs go up, there's a landing. They go up again, and uh, at the top of the stairs, uh, there's four doors: two on the right, one straight ahead, one on the left. The one on the left is shut. The one straight ahead is shut. One of the two doors on the right is ajar, and the other, and the other one on the right is shut. snoop or not to snoop i'll check the bedroom first the first door on the left she said first door on the left is what she said was phillips okay i'll i'll enter that one okay you open that door this is a very large room in fact uh this uh master bedroom um is the uh, full width of the front of the house. So the windows overlook the front yard, the front street running there. Um, this room has a fireplace in it. Um, and uh, there's a closet nearby. And there is a, a, a large bed. And you can see a, a nightstand on one side. And then in the, in the corner, there's like a, a sitting room and or a sitting area, you know, with a little side table and, and uh, stuff like that very very nicely uh, uh appointed room okay if there's if there's like some end tables or anything um nightstands dresser uh -huh. uh, i'll start looking through okay those things uh yeah so uh you actually don't even need a roll for this because it's just it's just laying there right there um there's uh there's several magazines sitting on uh, the nightstand uh next to the bed uh the magazines are uh titled uh whispers and um you know as you kind of leaf through the the whispers magazine and there's probably like like four editions here and in each of these editions uh, you can see on the table of contents, 
someone has uh, probably Philip. Uh, someone has taken a, a a pen and circled uh, a name in the table of contents, and it's the same name in all four issues. It's a uh, an Edward Pickman Derby. And, I will turn to those entries. And so Edward Pickman Derby is an author and he has uh, poems in each of those editions. You also find um, the nightstand that, that he's using is uh, kind of uh, boxy in shape. Um, so it's got a, a full rectangular body uh, and it has an open, you know, just like an open space um like a big shelving space right and then there's a drawer and then there's the top of it and in that open shelving space just stacked on their sides you find just volumes of uh basically these uh small um uh you know uh, little uh i forget what the name of them are uh, uh composition you find all these little composition uh notebooks and it looks like it's just volumes and volumes of uh philip's uh personal diary okay so one per year it seems so i'll find the most recent one okay all right april 14th 1912 okay i philip Baxter, a widower with three grown children, now more or less on their own, have decided that I am entering a new phase of life and commiserate with this, have decided to record the events of my life and my personal thoughts in this, my diary. Uh, May 2nd, 1917, a very upsetting day. I know that Julian has been deeply troubled by his sickness and subsequent retirement, but I would have never have thought it to come to this. How could he have done such a thing? I suppose he will be all right after a time, but I cannot decide whether to tell Cynthia. She is too fond of her uncle and has so much respect for him that I'm afraid the shock of his actions would be too upsetting. Perhaps I shall not mention it at all. Maybe when she returns home someday, I will tell her about it in person. November 7th, 1918. I am so very worried. I find it nearly impossible to think. I received a letter today from a Commissioner Talbot in, in Andaman Islands, in the Andaman Islands, uh, stating that he believes my daughter has been abducted by savages. He says there is no reason to think that she has been harmed, but I know the tales that have been told of these primitives. I hope to God that she will be delivered back to us. November 12th, 1918. Rejoice, my daughter is safe. A letter came today from her telling me the good news. My mind is relieved. June 3rd, 1919. Had a terrible argument with Emmett last night. He accused me of showing favoritism to Colin of all things. I assured him that I've always made an effort to treat all, my ch all of my children equally, but he would hear none of it and stalked out of the house, uh, saying that he was moving out. I called the judge's office this afternoon to talk with him, only to learn that he had quit. He told the judge that he was going to open his own business. How did these things come about? February 18th, 1927. Have not been feeling well lately and visited Dr. Walters to have my heart checked again. 
He said everything seemed fine and there was no reason to worry. Nonetheless, I still feel tired and vaguely uneasy. This most recent plague of nightmares have kept me from getting all the rest I feel I so urgently need these days. Perhaps I should speak to Julian about it. I know that ever since his stroke, he has been making a study of dreams and the like. March 28th, 1927. I finally went to visit Julian today and told him of the most recent uh, spat of nightmares, and he seemed to seem genuinely interested in my problem. He has suggested that upon awakening from a dream, I immediately try to set down the events on paper in a book. Afterwards, he will read the descriptions and comment upon the dreams. Julian has told me that this procedure could take some time, but that, but that it has proven useful in other cases that he has read about. I think I shall have to give it a try. April 16th, 1927. I had the strangest dream last night, unlike any I've had before in my life. It seemed too vivid and real, and I can still remember too much detail names, characters, places. I even glimpsed an old student, a Mr. Myron Dexter, whom I had not thought about in years. I saw him and his associates. It was so strange that even though I have written most of it in my dream journal, I feel uneasy about even showing this to Julian or I fear he would think me mad. I cannot, I cannot help but believe that this dream was somehow caused by the drug that he, had, that he prepared for me. I slept far too soundly and longer than is natural, and the intense reality of the dream was too frightening. Although Julian means well, I feel that perhaps his dream analysis may not be the answer to my real problems. I'm left with only the problem of chilling Julian without hurting his feelings. While dreaming, I most vividly remember reading a strange book of secrets. In this book, someone had written in the margins notes in what looked like Chinese calligraphy. When I awoke, I tried to write down what I remembered. Write down what I remembered they looked like, but the result looked so real, I just had to give it to Francis to see if he could translate it. April 18th, 1927, a bad day. While in the classroom, I chanced to spy one of my students reading a magazine while concealing it behind, uh, while concealing it behind his back, I confiscated the magazine and reprimanded the student harshly. April 20th, 1927, spoke with Francis today. It seemed my dream Chinese was the real stuff. Somehow I'm not all that surprised by these things anymore. April 22nd, 1927, disappointment. I just went to visit Julian today to see if I could persuade him to compound some more of the sleeping powder for me. I lied and told him that it had helped me sleep more soundly, uh, but did not tell him of the strange dream. I think he may have suspected me, for he told me that he was not sure of the side effects of the drug and did not want to prescribe for me anything he was not sure of. I still don't know whether I should tell him the truth or not. April 27th, 1927. I must get another supply of Julian's drug. I have a key for his home, and I have only to wait until he and Matthew have gone so out somewhere. I could then enter the house and, in his lab, find where he keeps his pharmaceutical records. Somewhere there should be the formula for the drug he gave me. April 28th, 1927. Eureka! I now have the formula. It was easier than I had thought, and I'm sure that I was not seen by Julian's neighbors as I entered the house. The records were easy to locate, and I copied the simple formula from his book. It is now left only for me to properly blend the ingredients. April 30th, 1927. Tonight is the night. I have a proper supply of the needed drug in hand, and after taking it, I will return to bed early and see if I can return to that strange world I once found. This could be dangerous, 
but I cannot again pass up the opportunity to explore and learn. Tonight, I go in search of a world of dreams to the temple of the Elder Ones in hope of finding the secrets that control man's destiny. April 30th, 1927. That, according to everyone, is the uh, last day of Philip's life. Uh, okay, um, Cornelius and Zebedee, you guys have been uh, going over uh, things. Um, Cornelius, as you were, um, one of the things that you knocked over um, in your in your search of the uh, uh, desk was uh, an old picture in a frame. Hmm. Do I recognize any? one in that picture yeah uh it looks like it is a picture of philip uh with his three children uh and they they look younger um so they they look uh to be um uh well emmett looks to be a teenager um and then cynthia looks to be like a uh, probably um 12 and Colin is probably uh, nine or ten, and uh, yeah, as they're as they're there in this uh, in this picture, um, uh, give me a spot in. Interesting. Uh, oh, that's a is that a hard? That is yep, it is a hard pass. So uh, you're. You know, seeing this picture, uh, obviously they're they're uh, dressed in their Sunday best, and uh, you know, standing before uh, a, a plain backdrop as they you know went to go see a, a photography studio service. Uh, uh, but they they must not have caught uh, that uh, uh, Cynthia is standing, and her younger brother Colin is is right next to him or next to her. Uh, and and you almost don't even notice it, but she has her hand uh, around her younger brother, and it's it's passed, and so it's uh, on his other shoulder. But her hand is not on his shoulder; her hand is actually just above his shoulder, and she seems to be holding something uh, right there over his shoulder, and uh, with her with her palm as um, as a backdrop. Uh, you can see it captured pretty well. Uh, she's she's dangling and she has a spider in her hand that it looks like she's getting ready to place on uh, Colin's shoulder. Oh so God. that has been captured for all posterity. Wow! And, and this this doesn't look like a like a fake spider as a practical joke, but a, a real spider. I mean, you know. Photography being what it is in the early 1900s, um, it's just a it's just a you know shadowy you know uh, silhouette against her palm. So hard to tell, um, but yeah, hard to tell. Hmm. I point this out to uh, to Professor Zebedee. Okay. 
It's a nice family picture, but uh, that Cynthia seems a bit odd. Uh, maybe she's just a practical joker. Who knows? Creepy. Well, I try to jot down like the highlights from the the notes and pages we saw, just in case uh, Angela wants to keep them there, just so we can reference like locations of where in Montana and addresses if anything was mentioned in names. Okay. And, uh, I think uh, Zeva, yeah, we'll, we'll gather these up and ask. Uh, Ask Angela kindly if we could have these temporarily to uh, to work on what the late Philip Baxter wanted us to work on. Yes, we found quite a bit here. That's of a of another society like yours that you're a part of, for Mister Slim, a couple of Russian gentlemen. There's a there's a lot going on. Yeah, I want to go. Uh, let's go find a uh, uh, Frederick. Uh, uh, have that tea and uh, want him to see this go over it or if not here maybe back at uh, at the hotel where we're staying uh so as you come out of the study um angela is coming out of the kitchen and uh with both hands she's holding a fairly large silver platter a large serving tray and uh there is a silver uh, uh, little uh, teapot and china uh, dishes and saucers and there seems to be like a little uh, basket uh, lined with a, a cloth napkin and all kinds of uh, of warm bread uh, oh. is uh, is in the basket and uh, uh, she says oh I was I was so hoping you gentlemen would stay for biscuits oh thank you so much it looks oh, it you. looks delicious uh, maybe we will stay just for a little bit yeah, oh please come good. in and 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 take a load off have a seat please and she goes into the living room area and there's a nice seating area and coffee table and she puts the tray down and and she says please please have a seat oh thank you thank you thank you you didn't have to go for so much trouble oh it's no trouble no trouble thank you for for stopping by i, I just love having company and she starts pouring tea and handing you tea and um, you know sugar milk uh no no none of that thank you oh here you go and and uh she passes this basket of uh bread around oh thank you. i'll take a little piece of the bread Angela, and, i oh, do have oh sorry Cornelius. oh go go ahead professor yes I, I no i just have a question for you angela um we have found a few documents that we would like to uh study further would it be okay if we borrowed them for a short while we will return Oh, dear! Your friends of Baxter, uh, friends friends of Phillips. Everything's everything's fine. Absolutely. Uh, if you need to borrow it, and then I I think that's just fine. Okay. Thank you. I just I thought it'd be best to ask. I didn't want to just take it. It would feel like stealing. Oh, well, aren't you just the kindest? And she gives your cheek a little squeeze. This is delicious bread or biscuits. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad that you like. Would you like jam? Oh no, thank you. I just the biscuits are perfect as is. Oh, if if you have some, I'm, I I like a little bit of jam. If that is oh, my pleasure. Uh, I'll be right back. And she oh. she toddles off. 
Cornelius. She needs to stop <laughs> touching my cheek. Jesus Christ. She's enamored with you. Oh, man. I am not. I'm You're not like five young. years old. I wonder where uh, Professor Long is. He's, he's uh... let's let's take the camera to Professor Long. Professor okay. Long. So this has been a, an enlightening read. While trying to suppress my my need to try to think of all the possible things that Father Julian could have done to be like such an affront. Um, he said he has the formula somewhere for this powder, I guess is what it is, he says. And so I'm going to continue. I mean, I'm going to scour the rest of this room for any other scrap of paper where that might be written, any bottles of this stuff. And if I can't find it in this room, then I'm going to go <laughs> continue to crawl around the upstairs. Cause... Okay. Uh, you may give me a spot hidden. And Francis, who's done some translation, is out of the country, so it's uh... Hmm. uh fifty-two. I'm gonna spend the two points of luck to pass. All right. So just a just base pass. Just a regular pass. Just a regular pass. Uh, yeah. You you don't come across anything. Okay. But now you have uh, it, so you feel like you have thoroughly thoroughly searched. The master bedroom. Okay. So I'll I'll make what, my way out of the room. Um, okay. And if I hear um, them chatting down there, so uh. Yeah. So by this time, um, you hear something to the effect of uh, you hear uh, metal and china clinking with each other and saying something like, "I was ho hoping you would stay for tea and biscuits." And then you can hear Zebedee and Cornelius saying, okay. oh, sure, as they're, the three of them are now walking into the uh, uh, living room. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go to the end of the hall and check in that door that's currently open. Okay. Uh, so, you, uh, yeah, it's just across, you know, the, 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 the top of the stairs, it's basically just a square, you know, so it's not really a hallway okay. per se. And, uh, so right across there, the door is ajar. And, uh, as you kind of push into it, uh, it's a, it's a bedroom. Um, and it definitely, uh, looks like it was, uh, decorated and lived in and certainly smells like an old lady lives in there. Okay. So I'm assuming this is Angel's room. I, I'm sure he was not up to anything uh, as far as the uh, concocting a drug in here. So I'll leave that room alone um, and go into the uh, one of the other closed doors. Okay. Uh, so there were two close. Uh, there's a second door on this wall. Hers was open. There's a closed one. Uh, you open that one. Yeah and uh you open that one and it it looks to be a another bedroom mirror to the one that uh, she uses uh this one though it looks very impersonal uh just bare bones decorations it looks like a guest room okay i'll i'll check anything where you could have documents or okay little like, yeah um 
a search roll is unnecessary as you go through any, you know, because there's a dresser and a high boy and a nightstand and anything that has drawers, the closet, you check all of that and everything's empty. E empty, 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 empty. Okay. So this room's empty. And then there's only one door left uh, up here that was closed and it's in it's on a wall that's in between the master bedroom and the the wall that has the two doors on it so you go to that one it's opposite of the stairwell you open that door and it's a bathroom okay is there it's like a medicine cupboard um uh, there is and... yeah there is uh so you open that and you can see that there are uh several uh medicine bottles in here and uh uh, and also like little medicine boxes, you know, the uh, medicine used to come in what looks like a, mm -hmm. an old box, like a matchbox, you know, a little slide drawer. And, uh, and all of these things, all these uh, uh, pharmaceutical bottles and boxes um, uh, have Angela's name on them. Okay. There's no, there's no trash can or anything of any like old contents having been disposed of uh i mean i'm sure there is a waste bin in here and it's got uh you know wads of tissue paper and stuff okay just uh i'm a little like yeah where is this formula you know where is this bottle i mean i at the moment i don't know that we have any of it so i'm still desperate to get our get hand our hands on some but uh so checking through, and if uh, my search comes up empty here, um, I'll once again listen uh, downstairs, kind of. Uh, okay. You listen downstairs, and uh, and she says, oh, I'll go get you some jam. And you can hear Angela uh, toddle off uh, to the kitchen. Okay. So I'll, I'll wait for her to go to the kitchen, guess something, and then go back and for conversation to resume. Um, you might hear a low murmuring between Zebedee and Cornelius, but you can't tell what they're saying. Okay, I'm just once once Angel's once again uh, with them. I'll I'll do a very very quick check on what I would assume to be her room because once I'm like gotta find okay. this. Uh, yeah, so eventually you hear her come out of the uh, kitchen, and uh, and uh, so uh, she's got another tray with her that she. Uh, adds to the other tray on the coffee table and you can see that she's got a small bowl of butter she has two different jars of jelly she, i didn't know if you liked strawberry or marmalade and of course i have a uh, honey butter here as well um uh, would you like me to butter that for you and she's got a silver knife oh no 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 i'll i'll do it myself you've done enough already Oh, it's, yeah, oh, certainly. Okay, sure. She looks a little uh, uh, disheartened that you uh, uh, said no to her. She's, so she hands you the knife and, and the bread. Uh, don't, don't take it. You've just done so much. We weren't expecting so much hospitality. I wouldn't want to put you out. So. Oh, certainly. It's, it's no trouble whatsoever. No trouble at all, dear. These are delicious biscuits. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you like them. Um, if you're hungry, uh, I can make dinner if you'd like to stay for dinner. Oh. It's no trouble at all. I'm, uh, I was starting a ham. Let me go start a ham for you. 
And so she goes back into the kitchen to start a ham. So I, I look over to uh, Zebedee uh, and in a whispered voice, and uh, should we uh, <clears throat> should we stall and give give Professor Long a, a better longer time to, to search around? What we're going to stay for tea now? We're going to. We're going Do to you like a, a a cherry glaze on your ham? That sounds lovely. <laughs> Thank you, dear. I'll get that started. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could I lend a hand in the kitchen, Angela? Oh, thank you, dear. I would love that. Thank you so much. We have to meet Myron and Zena. Um, well, but, but these biscuits are really good, though. Maybe we could bring some back for them. Looks like we're staying for tea, then. <laughs> Uh, Professor Long, camera's on you. Okay, so I mean, I'm a little like kind of pacing back and forth. Like, I'll, I'll go back into um, Baxter's room and start pressing with my foot. Like, is there any floorboards that he's like lifted up or like anything? Like, he's okay, so I'm uh, checking. <laughs> like, you want to go back into Philip's room and look? Yeah, if I so, so this will be considered. This will be considered a pushed roll. If you want to look again, it will be a pushed roll. I, I mean, I already, I mean, I passed and I didn't come up with anything. I don't. You came up, you, you, you spent luck to get a, a standard success. Yes. And that came up empty. The odds of doing better than that are quite low. Now I'll, I'll go and get the material set, like the, the magazines. Um, okay. Copy, copy a couple of the uh, pertinent journal entries down. Um, on some like in like the one of the back of the journals that has some empty paper all especially that uh, last uh, journal's gonna have lots of empty pages yeah oh, no. yeah unfortunately too soon. Has, too soon too soon all the empty pages but uh so yeah so i'll copy down those journal entries uh and i i, I, won't, I won't take the magazines but i will jot down this derby fellow and his Azathothian uh, poems. Bizarre poetry. Um, so I'll, I'll jot that down and uh, join the others downstairs at this point. Okay. Uh, so you come downstairs and uh, she's still, you can hear uh, pots and pans being clanged around and uh, 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 Cornelius, you're in the kitchen with her. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm helping. I'm, you know, I enjoy so, cooking. So uh, she, you know, they have an ice box, and so she's, uh, you know, uh, sifting through the ice box, and uh, she goes, oh, she seems kind of upset. I'm so sorry. I, I, I thought I had had a ham. I, I just, I do not. I don't have a ham. I'm so sorry. If you wait, I can right go on. and get a, a, maybe a leg of lamb. Oh no, 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 no. That's that's quite all right. Thank you so, so much. Um, 
I, I think we're, uh, I think, I think we'll be good. Th those biscuits were delicious. The, the tea and the biscuits and it's just lovely. Oh, thank you. You're such a sweet boy. And, 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 and for you, she, uh, she comes up and gives, you know, double, double pats on the cheek. And then she kind of pulls you down enough so where she can give you a kiss on one of them. Oh, you're, 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 you're very sweet, Angela. Uh, thank you so much. Well, well, please take some biscuits with you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, these are, you should, gosh, if you, you could open up a, a, your own cafe selling these. Oh, stop. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys do? I uh, think, thank you so much again, Angela. Um, for your for your hospitality um oh, gentlemen or did you uh my pleasure thank you for your help and she gives your cheek another little squeeze and uh she says uh, where's that zebedee thank you for coming by i so greatly uh like to see you again and she gives you the double cheeky squeeze Please, you gentlemen are welcome anytime. Please stop by at any time. I so do enjoy your company. Thank you. A quick question. question. How loud's it been this entire time? Has it how been what? Anymore? How, how loud what? has it been? How loud has it been? Has it been quiet or how's the noises around the house been? Uh, pretty quiet. I mean, it's a pretty solid house. It's not creaky okay. or anything. I just need to because <laughs> loud. I would not feel. Oh that. yes, the it's loud. A good thing noises. I decided against the the tap dance routine upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, total missed opportunity. Damn it. I'm re I'm 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 harkening back to when. Uh, Julian and, and Matthew gave the bottles to Myron. There should have been thirteen instead of ten. Damn, I missed that opportunity. I will. I will try to not let those opportunities slide by in the future. That's All an right. ominous number, especially for <laughs> for poor Dexter. Uh, uh, okay, uh, so Cornelius, Zebedee, and Frederick, uh, Frederick uh, you guys exit. Uh, the home, the Baxter home, now residence to uh, Angela Vincenzo. I'm she, sure. wa she waves to you goodbye from the uh, front porch. Thank God we didn't have to stay for dinner. Jesus Christ. I say it sound, it sounded breath. really good. It's sad that the... Uh... Can't you tell the woman is... Uh... She's, she's very lonely. That's, uh... Yes, I know. but And the biscuits. Oh, ho, ho. Yes, the biscuits. I, good, I didn't have the opportunity, but uh, the mystery oh, oh. thickens. Do you is, do you know of any good bookstores between here and the bank? Is that where we're meeting back up with them? I'm assuming. Yes, yes, I know perfect one. Yes. Good. There's a. Uh, I want to see if I can't find any more uh, poems by this gentleman, uh, Derby. Oh, yes. What? While we drive there, take a look at these papers we found, uh, uh, Professor Professor Frederick Long. 
lots of interesting new possible leads in this ever-growing mystery. Well, so so looking at the uh, the Cynthia letter, um, like, well, I saw I saw in his his diary about her, her little escapade uh, on the out on those islands, but uh, a mission is she is she a nun? Do you, do either of you know? No, I. Cynthia. We, I mean, she had her. Um, well, she had her part of the inheritance donated to the uh, Catholic Widows Relief Fund. Mm. Is that a mission? Maybe she was. If she was, had a mission, and she had a mission. Your the stuff you say you found corresponds with what we found with the letters, at least. Yes, maybe, maybe she was. And Edward and the the journal entries about favoring Colin are those around the same time Colin wrote his letter asking for money? I'm trying to think, because he I asked for money. Mm. I think they they correspond. I think most the letters correspond with the journal. I think. September 8th, 1918. That's when... Yes. Intriguing. A lot of entries here. One thing that I have noticed is the Andaman Islands have come up quite a lot in our region. Well, they, 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 they come up a little bit. I mean, that's where she was staying, and that's where this... Uh, you know, this, this event occurred. But that was years ago. Yeah. True. True, very um, true. They were sinking uh, a significant amount of money, the uh, the uh, Tuesday Night Academy, into building an observatory. Yes, this uh, this observatory is quite uh, fascinating. I would love to go out there and see it if it's in, if they ever in, finished it. In Montana, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. the land's cheap out there, and there's there's good uh, land of the big sky. Yeah, those good. Yeah. Two Russian fellows. Did you? Did you? Either of them know them? Yeah. So, as as members of the Tuesday Night Academy, um, and that and that since I you guys is... are fairly recent members, and I don't believe you've ever met either met of them. the uh, Russian gentlemen. You are aware of the um, observatory in Montana, uh, but you've never had conversations with anybody about it. It's just something that you're aware of. That, it that exists until okay. now it hasn't piqued your interest and now it's very like these russian this russian fellow and his mysterious benefactors getting this constructed this yes. is all very very interesting i wonder if this uh this heavenly body they were they referred to i mean there's been some there's been some thought that there might be another planet i wonder if that's what they're referring to yeah uh, an unknown body beyond neptune yeah celestial body yeah, it's possible. I wonder, yeah, it would be might be interesting. It'd be uh, quite a uh, well, I mean it'd be quite remarkable to be the be the one to discover it. Um yes. if indeed it is out there. That would be remarkable. That'd be good for you, Miss uh, Professor Long. Good discovery. But let's let's not dally. Um Well, another but, thing is that Mr. Slim and his luck to the future. That's a far more interesting name than your Tuesday night. Catherine. Well, I didn't. Oh, I, I didn't choose the name. 
Uh, he got odd fella, maybe, maybe as going by the stuff, they didn't really want any involvement, but maybe he was a silent benefactor to the Russians without them knowing. Who knows? Well, so, so I guess we'll we'll stop at the bookstore. Um, I wanted to see if there's any anything else by Edward Derby real quick on our way back. Um, probably pick up a volume of his uh, his poems and then uh, um, be back up with the other. Is your only intent to find a book uh, by Edward Derby at the bookstore? So, so I mean, so Edward Derby, um, trying to think of anything else while we're that here. might be at the university library. I've got quite a collection there. Not sure off the top of my head. If I think we're going to go with that Edward Derby is a uh, young enough, new enough writer that he has so far uh, only broken into magazines and has not had a collected works of his poems into a single volume yet okay for many poets that never happens within their lifetime that's true but i will so so if they, if they have copies of that whisper magazine um yep we'll get we'll get those just so we have the poems but uh it's just it is just very very strange oh this is very strange right all right um i think i'd like to move the camera to uh spend some time with dr zeno and myron dexter as they have now left uh the group home where uh uh julian is staying and uh where he lives and uh i believe uh myron was driving he had taken his personal vehicle where are you guys going i think it's probably a good idea if we head over to the um brown university uh maybe go to the chemistry department and see if they can uh take a sample of this and analyze it. I think uh, Peter Shirovsky is the uh, head of that department over there. Uh, I'm, I'm betting you dollars to donuts that it's just tea of some sort. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what's uh, in there. If it's tea, uh, then we can, uh, we can assure Father Julian that that wasn't it. Yeah. Of course, it could also have some component that's poisonous. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, that we eat that are mildly poisonous. Um, also, isn't it a question of, of concentration, right? Because the, the Coca-Cola, like, is from a, it's a tea leaf, but they, like, cook a lot of it and, and make it very strong. Right. So, but yeah, I think chemistry is a good idea. Yeah, so let's head over there. I'd like to maybe check out their library too for any kind of reference we can find to the Book of Ibon. Uh, yeah, you, you flipped. Does that have chapter headings? Well, I don't know. Let's take a look at it. 
I don't believe it does. I, I believe the uh, book of Ibon is written in such a way that it, um, it might be a combination of uh, diary um, and uh, run on sentence. Yeah, it um, looks like the original was, uh, was probably some sort of manuscript, uh, the, the babblings of a uh, somewhat insane person. And then this is the English translation, so it's even more haphazard. Um, so we'll need some time with it before we can make any yeah. sense of it, if there's any sense even in there. Most likely we'll have to see what, you know, go with what the uh, translator felt was the way that we should read through it. Yeah, it might all yeah. just be Island of Kleb this and Mountains of Zarna far and yeah. back. Other how, of... how big is it? Um, how long does it look like it would take to read through? Great question. Um, I don't think it is uh, that large. Um, but I can find it here in just a second. It, it does seem to be fairly thick. Um, so it's probably as thick as your thumb. Oh. Um, so pretty good, pretty good size volume. Um, it looks like it would probably take in order to, uh, in order to understand it well, it looks like it would probably take several weeks to, uh, to fully consume it and fully understand it uh but certainly you could um you could do an initial skim and right. get some you know highlight information of the of maybe the entire thing in general in a general sense and then of the rest of the time that it would take to uh consume it fully uh you could probably capture portions of information as you go Plus, we're not even guaranteed it's all here. Um, in any case, it's whatever they were working, whatever Father uh, Julian was working with. Yeah, I mean, my hope is that between the description in the text and what a chemist can tell us, we can figure out exactly what Philip was consuming and if it was dangerous to him. Wonder too if it's possible to find the original text or at least find out where it is. Obviously, if there's a translation of it, there should be information on the original text somewhere. Yeah, and why uh, the, the father found an, a book in English while he was on a mission in Africa. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's head on over to the university. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, when we, when we, um, Uh, Keeper, do I know anybody in the chemistry department that I can lean on as a trustee of the university? Um, I believe uh, Zeno named somebody. I liked that. Peter Shrofsky. Peter Shrofsky. You, uh, you do know Peter. And um, uh, how well do you know him? That is a question for Zeno. Oh, well. Oh. Well, I, I mean, I, you both you both know him. Uh, obviously, uh, 
Dr. Zeno uh, knew of him. Uh, I've chatted, but I, him at, chatted with him at parties. There you go. So, uh, Myron, I think you probably know him better, uh, but uh, tell me how you know him. Indeed, how? Uh, is he faculty? Is he, is he chair of his department? He is. That's how. I'm, I'm, as, as somebody, you know, as, as uh, a fiscally responsible member of the community, I tend to know the people who have positions that are more senior. Okay. Um, so he, you know, he might have, we might have, uh, the trustees might have asked him to report on something so that we have some personal knowledge. Uh, right. And also, he could authorize, you know, use of materials that not any junior professor could. Indeed. Uh, so you're going to go uh, to the chemistry department to uh, to meet with him. What's his name? Peter. Peter. Peter uh, yep. Shropsky. I like it. Um, great. Uh, so you guys drive down to uh, uh, to the chemistry department, drive down to the university, and uh, uh, start heading into the uh, chemistry building. Um, and uh, Peter's office is on the uh, ground floor of this building. Um, uh, Myron, it's it's. Um, it dawns on you again. You just you, the dread comes over you. Uh, Peter's office is uh, office number thirteen. Myron, you're hesitating. What's is there something wrong? Claustrophobic. Uh, it's a long story. Um, uh, I'm just gonna. I pull out a snuff box and, and sort of embarrass it, take a little pinch. Um, um, Do you want to sit yeah. on the bench over here? Uh, no, I want to get it over with. Um, would you mind knocking? Sure. Uh, his secretary, I think, is a Nielsen, Nielsen, something like that, Burnett. Betty, Betty Nielsen. Yes, I remember her. Um, so I opened the door. Uh, 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 Miss Nielsen, isn't it? Yes, uh, welcome. Yes, how may I help you? Sorry, we're just dropping in, but uh, is it possible to speak to uh, Dr. Shrofsky? Uh Let me check. I appreciate it. Um, so Dr. Zeno, uh, give me a, uh, credit rating. I got an 06. Let's see if that's good enough. Yeah, Holy. that's, that's a hard, that's an extreme. <laughs> Holy cannoli. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Zeno. Zeno. Dr. Zeno. Uh, yes. Uh, one moment, please. And uh, so she gets up and goes into another door uh, deeper into the building and uh, she op reopens it and says, uh, yes, uh, sir, um, uh, the doctor will see you now. Excellent. Uh, Myron, Myron I, I, need a, I need a sand roll to cross the threshold. 
Fair enough. I rolled a two. <laughs> that was you, some good stuff, man. Yes, you, you, that snuff is what did it. Uh, it, it gave you the courage, and you were able to uh, to boldly cross over. Uh, you hardly, you hardly feel the uh, the the wards ripple across you uh, as you step across the uh, threshold and uh, stride into uh, Doctor Shropsky's office. Uh, hello, Dr. Shrovsky. You remember me. And I'm kind of hard to forget. He walks over and he goes, yes, uh, uh, it's uh, it's Dr. Saladin, right? You can call me Doctor? Dr. Zeno. Zeno is fine. Do oh, okay, excellent. Well, uh, I think you know Myron. Yes, Myron. Very good to see you again. Doctor? You? Oh, and, 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 uh, and uh, Shrovsky recalls uh, and he goes oh sorry old man it's so good to see you please have a seat ah uh, so he uh, he points at, at uh, myron uh, brandy i think a pinch yes thank you good call and he, he opens up a, a lower desk drawer and pulls out uh, three shot glasses and a bottle of brandy thank you and he, he puts he puts a, a finger in each to your health. To memories of friends lost. Lahayim. Hmm. Lost friends. So uh yeah, please try to explain, Dr. Zeno. Um so Dr. Shrovsky, you recently um lost a friend. Uh he passed away uh in his sleep. And it's come to our attention that he was taking a kind of a home remedy for uh, sleep for sleep disorder. Uh, and we have a sample of this liquid. We just want to make sure that it's nothing toxic that he was taking. We don't think if if he overdosed on this or if he. Uh, it was. It would have been an accident. He certainly didn't commit suicide, but we would like to know what the substance is. It, we haven't been able to find what formula he cooked this up with. I think it might just be tea. But uh, um, yeah. and I give him one of the the vials. Uh, he says, "Oh, all right, yes, yeah, certainly." No trouble. It's not a trouble. And then he looks at Myron. It's not a trouble. I can I can do this for you, no problem. That's excellent. It's you know it's uh, it was uh, Doctor Phil Baxter that was drinking this, uh, and I would like for the sake of uh, you know good feeling at the university to clear up that um, there wasn't anything untoward involved. Again, we don't think it's foul play or suicide, but it's he asked us posthumously to. Uh, to look after things. So, you know, I, I consider it, you know, there'll, there'll be discretionary funds for whatever you need uh, for your analysis. We want oh, to be able you. to reassure his family that everything was okay. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, this shouldn't take me too long. I think this would, uh, should be fairly simple. I, I, I can have this information for you 
probably by tomorrow, this time tomorrow. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that's excellent. I'll uh, I'll phone before we drop in. I wouldn't want to, you know, pop in on you by surprise again. And thanks for the branding. Ah, my pleasure. And we'd probably so good to chat see for a bit. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah, but you don't have to play the, the chit chatting. No. Thank you very um, much. Unless he has biscuits. An old lady comes in. <laughs> biscuits. Biscuits and cheek pinching. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, Cornelius, Frederick, Zebedee, where are you guys heading? Somewhere where we can hopefully meet back up with Dexter and. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder whether we wouldn't we wouldn't have been wiser to make plans to meet at the library. Uh, but last I remember, I think it was the bank. You guys were going to call that office in the bank home base. As long as we can get there at all hours. I suppose I can. So sometimes they have to wait on the street. But perhaps we should find ourselves sort of a, a home base office uh, your bank it may be inappropriate for even you to be going in there at all hours of the night you're not above reproach there's a meeting uh, there's little conference rooms off the side of Brown University uh, library yeah that seems like a suitable place it has more general hours and less security well we could uh, you know Never mind. I was going to suggest maybe you could all come to my place, but uh, my brother might get in the way. He can There's another one like you. Oh, he's not like me. Yeah, something, something like that. Hmm. I, I just have a little flat, so it wouldn't be good to come to my place. Just... I mean, I'm sure we could also use a, a my study, but Brown might be more universal to us. No, Brown. Yes, I, I vouch for Brown. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's at least do the bank for now. Could use my uh, my my office at Brown. Like, well, it's not really an office; it's to the side of the class, like the classroom I lecture in. But well, if we all get on a train and go up north, <laughs> then we... <laughs> that's too far. <laughs> God damn There's it. cleaning staff at night in these places, so. You don't want the cleaning that staff around. In any case, I assume we all get together and you guys tell us everything that you learned and we tell you everything. Yeah, so learned. let's, everyone gathers, you guys are back at the bank. Let's bring all five of you together. You're back at the bank. <clears throat> well, it sounds like this Cynthia is a missionary, at least, maybe a sister. Although the, the, none of them ever call her sister. Um, yeah, I think at least the, the the fellow who wrote about the kidnapping would have referred to her by her new name if she was right. married to Christ. So maybe she's just a missionary. Uh, could be there for medical reasons, could be there for education. You know, they like to educate the natives. Um, she did say flock. Flock, yeah. We might want to just do some quick research into finding out more about that abduction. Well, it, it sounds sounds kind of like one tribe grabbed her 
for whatever reason, they didn't sound like they were going to hurt her. She didn't sound frightened. It's no, just maybe but, rivalry between tribes. Yeah, and Baxter was worried they were going to eat her brains. Yeah, that uh, was pretty weird. And why do they keep calling it cannibalism? I mean, she, they weren't eating human brains, were they? They were eating monkey brains. Um, from well, Silas's studies, yeah, a lot of them had replaced uh, and the, the monkeys from, and apes. Yes, I don't I, imagine some bizarre thing where they've yes. managed to educate monkeys. But in in history also, you do get uh, it's in, especially in tribes, it's not unlikely to get people who eat other people. You get that. And... Now hopefully, hopefully Silas is a business at the uh, good old uh, funeral home wasn't to uh, eat his brains. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe monkey. <laughs> I guess you could try. I guess you, a monkey is more than capable of learning how to. Uh, Sorry, but a little bit a... of a little bit of a morbid humor. I mean, that's just what he was working on. It's just uh... yeah. so very, you know, anthropologically, um, the idea of eating someone in various human tribes has been around for thousands of years, and it's yeah. not as horrific or gruesome as you might think it's in a lot of cases it's just they don't want the person it, it, it's it's often that they eat their parents when their parents die because they came from their parents they take their yeah. parents back into themselves rather than let their parents rot in the ground right and also there's a you know historically if i'm not mistaken uh, sometimes a tradition of human sacrifice becomes ritually ad adulterated, right? So you can kill a goat or a sheep or something and stuff. Right. And then, you know, and then there's the Catholic, you know, consecrated biscuit. Sorry to mention biscuits. It's... Uh, so it's all, you know, so there was cannibalism, but now they do it with apes instead of with people, just like we used to sacrifice. In interesting, interesting. Um, I, I wonder if we can find any information out on that in the library. Yes, I, uh, yes, go ahead, Long. I was about I was to have a say, question. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not terribly concerned about the kidnapping of Cynthia or with this cannibalism, but the... Uh, I mean, Baxter's engagement in the end with the breaking and entering into his brother's home and the I mean, on the on the night that he died, he mixed. He tried to mix the sleep aid himself. And what if uh, you got the formula wrong? If you got the formula wrong, so I mean, if you were the chemistry test uh, that you're having run, I mean, if it comes back as not toxic. Well, we got Shropsky at the at the university coming up. With probably he'll tell us what the ingredients are. I hope. So I mean, yeah, but if he mixed it, if he mixed it wrong, I mean, what he what he drank could may not necessarily be what. We have exactly. could have damaged he his brain. In. Yeah, but he broke into his uh, brother's place. That is surely uncharacteristic. Maybe he was, was. I mean, he was so so desperate for it. And I mean, what he was reading on his nightstand. I mean, this this Edward Pickman Derby fellow. His poetry is just so outlandish. So, I. It's so know, very. I have he's, a... he's in such a strange state of mind. At the end, 
Yeah, it sounds like Philip had a profound vision and uh, and that drove him to break into his own brother's place. Or there's something in that beverage that has an addicting character. On the topic of the beverage of sorts, um, Zeno, uh, maybe if you wanted to test it, I ha I trouble sleeping anyway. Like I, due to my experiences with the war, I very much struggle, and it'd probably be of maybe some help. It might be better. My only concern is that you are an active uh, professor at university. If anything, I'll take it. I'm used to dream lore, and I yes, uh, but I don't have anything other, to lose. The other problem with that is maybe, what if you go in and maybe you need some guidance from the outside? We might not be able to help you because you are more knowledgeable in that aspect than us. Maybe no. one of us would have to. Nobody's going to be drinking any of Father Julian's magic juice until we hear from a chemist. Yeah, oh, yes, of course, of course. Uh, I and I should read through this book, or at least start. Oh, yes. yes but... So flicking, oh, flicking through this oh, book of, of Ibon, mm -hmm. uh, is anything reminiscent of like it's it's also pretty strange, right? Like almost in line with this poetry, other poetry stuff, is it? Not that's it. It's quite. It's quite strange, and uh, yeah, uh, there may be uh, bits and pieces of it. Since you've done the research to collect some of uh, Edward Derby's uh, poems, you uh, do see uh, on occasion uh, similar words uh, out of context here and there. Things like as a thoth and. Um, so it's possible that uh, maybe Derby um, used uh, the Book of Ibon as a as a as an inspiration source for some of his poetry. Possibly hard to tell. Where does where does he read this this book from? But I know I know Miskatonic has some rather odd texts in its collections. Uh... But, but but long you don't believe in this stuff this is all just nonsense to you if you you're absolutely correct it's all nonsense well here's another thing something based on the other thing you said that i find it impossible to believe that there's a, a ninth planet um the the influence would have been seen in astrological uh, documentation uh that such a thing existed um oh, there are only see... eight planets <laughs> we can right. see the uh there, there's certain odd effects of uh, Neptune's orbit that would suggest that there is another body acting on it with some might, might just be asteroids or something like that. But I don't believe that you're going to find another planet out there. That's, time will tell. Time will tell. That's what's going on in Montana with yeah. our Tuesday night academy. Maybe that is a place we should visit it up so as sometime soon. It's definitely come up and it's a good place to start, wasn't a country boy. As you guys are having this conversation in the uh, uh that that meeting room uh uh in upstairs uh at the bank, uh which has that large uh picture window that looks overlooks the front street um and and overlooks the uh funeral uh home um uh, that you had uh, been at uh, recently 
um, the day, uh, of course, this is this is the uh, the fifth. This is the day that you're uh, you started this this morning having that uh, will reading, and now the day is coming uh, to a close. It's it's getting uh, you know the shadows are getting long, and and the day is coming to an end. As you guys are up in this uh, loft, uh, uh, Doctor Saladin, um, you glance out the window and um and you can see from a distance over there just across the street um you can see the gentleman who who is most likely um uh that alvin beswick that uh zebedee and cornelius and frederick had uh mentioned as the the proprietor of the uh, uh funeral home um there's a there's a hearse outside and he's he seems to be uh unloading a a casket onto a onto like a you know a gurney of sorts you know that the casket transfers to so he can wheel that into the funeral home uh but as you see him doing that and he's working by himself and you can see his uh his movements as the way he moves and and his uh, back is hunched a bit as he's doing this um zebedee I, I need you to make a sand roll or not Zebedee, I'm sorry. Uh, Dr. Saladin. Saladin, I need you to make a sand roll. Oh, uh, 28. That's a pass. Um, so you lose zero, uh, but uh, a shiver goes down your spine as um, um, you are convinced that um, he is not to you he doesn't seem completely human in fact you see uh, uh, mannerisms movements maybe a slight hop to his gait that uh, uh, instantly re uh, reminds you of another such inhuman encounter that you've had in the past oh, i think that i need a um a, a penalty dice on that <laughs> okay go ahead I still passed, but okay. I'm like, oh dear God! It, it chills you to the bone as as in your mind you feel like you're seeing someone who is very closely related to a ghoul. Yeah. And yeah, we will bring we will bring the curtain down to a close for this episode. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Stuart Lively, Josh Harwood, David Gasway, and myself, with John Hook as Keeper of the Secrets. We have to, we have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up a private game, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for the download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the short provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find the link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game.